Hey there. Did you know that tensions tend to be highest for blended families when everyone is together? <laughs> Maybe you've noticed that when you've tried to do something fun with the whole family and it didn't go as well as you'd hoped. If you can relate, Maybe you'd like to join us on Thursday, May 16th for an interactive workshop all about navigating the tensions of family time. You'll connect directly with us and other blended couples in a 90-minute Zoom call and work on your own personalized strategy for responding to the challenges of family time in your unique family blend. That's right. You can join us and our community by hopping into Blending Together, where we hold one of these workshops each and every month. So if you'd like direct interaction with us in the context of a supportive group of other blending couples, then the Blending Together community is right where you need to be. Mm -hmm. So scroll all the way to the bottom of the show notes for this episode and click the link to check out the details. We would love to meet you on the 16th for our upcoming Intentionally Blending workshop right inside of the Blending Together community. Mm -hmm. Now, let's get to the episode. Before kids can feel safe enough to share what's really going on inside, they need to feel heard and understood. Mm -hmm. Many kids walk around feeling like their parents just don't get them. Mm -hmm. And that's often why they give up trying to communicate their emotional experiences with us. But step three is what helps kids to feel like their parents get them. Welcome to the Blended Family Breakthrough Podcast. We're your hosts, Mike and Kim. We believe in a world where blended families can experience a future full of hope, connection, and peace. That's why we offer tools, strategies, and guidance that move you from a place of confusion and conflict to experiencing a life of confidence and connection. We're so glad you're joining us for authentic and sometimes comical conversations as we cover everything from romance to parenting, and yes, even dealing with that difficult ex. So if you're ready to experience breakthrough in your blended family, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey, welcome back to Blended Family Breakthrough and our mini-series on becoming an emotion coaching parent. Mm -hmm. If you missed our last episode where we covered steps one and two, you're going to want to go back to that first. So we encourage you to click the link in the show notes before you start moving on. That's right, because all this week we're sharing a five-step framework directly from John Gottman's book, Raising an Emotionally Intelligent Child that'll equip you to come alongside your kids and stepkids when they're dealing with tough emotions and help them navigate through their struggle as well as learn to solve their own problems. That's right. And we believe this is a really important skill that every parent and step-parent can learn. Mm -hmm. So yesterday we tackled steps one and two. Mm -hmm. Today we're going to tackle step three, which mm -hmm. is... Listening empathetically and validating your child's feelings. All right. Empathy is the foundation of emotion coaching. Mm -hmm. It's the curiosity mindset and willingness to put yourself in your child's shoes and really understand things from their unique perspective. Mm -hmm. Now, this is something that every parent needs to develop, especially parents and step-parents living in a home with children that are blending. Mm -hmm. I can almost guarantee you that your kids and stepkids have very different perspectives than you. Yep. That's common. 
So we've got to have that ability to put on our empathy hats. <laughs> Absolutely. So as you notice and you listen to your child in an emotional moment, it's better to share simple observations rather than ask probing questions. Mm. Why questions often shut kids down because they usually can't express why they're feeling something in an emotionally charged moment. No. And I don't know about you, but it's pretty easy for me to say, why are you doing that? Why are you feeling this way? Why are why you, are you acting, acting like that? that way? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm, it doesn't help. I, I've totally done that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's simply better to reflect what you notice or what you've heard. Mm. So, honey, yesterday you started talking about this example of picking up the kids from unicycle practice. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, as you entered into step three around all this, right. what did that actually sound like? Well, it was a, a little bit tricky because I needed to coach each child separately because mm. it was obvious there was tension between them. Right. So I wanted to gain some understanding around each of their perspectives, and I couldn't do that in front of them. Mm. <laughs> so what I did was I went on a fact-finding mission with mm. each child. And all that means is that I'm not trying to fix anything. I'm just asking some open-ended questions I'm listening carefully and I'm validating so that I can gather information mm. around what actually happened. Right, right. So I started individually with these kinds of questions. To Phoebe, I asked, Hey, honey, I noticed you were really quiet on the drive home. Can you help me understand what happened at practice? Mm. With Jacob, I asked, I heard you mumble something about someone being a jerk. I'm wondering what's going on. Yeah, nice. Those are really good open-ended questions because they require more than just a yes or no answer. Right. right? So that's what an open-ended question is. Mm -hmm. You can't say yes or no. A closed-ended question would have been something like, did something happen at practice? To which a child could simply say no. <laughs> right? yeah. And sometimes that blunt little no is what we tend to get from an upset child. They right. maybe don't really want to talk about it in the moment. And so this question, you know, of, hey, did something happen? That's a closed question. And it's not really helpful in opening up further conversation around the incident. That's right. When I used open-ended questions with each of the kids and used a very calm and curious tone, they started to tell me little bits and pieces of what happened mm. to practice. Yeah. And each time they shared something, I repeated back what I heard, I offered some validation, and then I asked, can you tell me more about that? Mm. Okay, so what did that sound like in your conversation with Jacob, who tends to be a little less open with his emotions? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it does take a bit more time and some patience to coach Jacob. But here's how the conversation went. I started with my open-ended question of, I heard you mumble something about someone being a jerk. I'm wondering what's going on. To that, he said, well, Phoebe was kind of a jerk to me. Then I simply repeated back what I heard. So I said, Phoebe was kind of a jerk. And he nodded his head. And at that point, I saw some tears forming in his eyes. So I just paused for a minute. And then I said, I can see something happened that was upsetting for you. Okay, that's the validation piece I'm validating. Mm -hmm. Then I said, can you tell me more about that? At that point, he shared, she was being really bossy and she was ordering me around in front of everyone. Mm. Again, I reflected and validated. Mm. 
Phoebe was being bossy. I'm sure you didn't like that very much. He nodded his head, and again, I asked him to tell me more Mm -hmm. about what happened. And then he ended up sharing that their coach had given Phoebe a lead role And that's when the trouble started. Yep. (laughs) Okay. So you were able to get him to open up, which isn't always easy with Jacob, (laughs) but it was only because you were empathetic and validating. Right. That's so crucial because before kids can feel safe enough to share what's really going on inside, they need to feel heard and understood Mm -hmm. just like you and I need to feel heard and understood to Mm -hmm. feel safe. Right. Many kids walk around feeling like their parents just don't get them. Mm. And that's often why they give up trying to communicate their emotional experiences with us. But step three is what helps kids to feel like their parents get them because they're being listened to, empathized with, and their emotions are actually validated. And this is where parents can take an easy wrong turn. Mm. They think that if they really don't agree with their child's emotional experience or the behavior and words that the child is expressing, that they can't or shouldn't validate their child. Mm. They believe they should correct them instead. Right. But this only shuts a child down further, and it reinforces that belief that you just don't get them Mm. or that you don't understand what they're going through. Exactly. And that's not to say there isn't a time for behavior correction. Right. Okay, (laughs) but we're going to get to that later. Just Mm -hmm. hold on, okay? (laughs) Now, in a moment like this, focusing on validating a child, even if you don't understand or agree with their emotional reaction is key. Right. And your example, honey, is right on. You said, Jacob, I can see this was upsetting for you, and I'm sure you really didn't like that, right? So Mm -hmm. you were just validating Jacob's experience. Right. And we can all do this without agreeing with the child, and most importantly, without trying to change or correct our kids' feelings or their experience right Right. there in that moment. Remember, empathy is putting yourself into the child's shoes and being willing to accept, sometimes even tolerate, where they're at. This approach is what's going to help them to work through this struggle and eventually get to a better place. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious what your conversation with Phoebe maybe sounded like, honey. Yeah, they're very different kids, and so I needed to tailor my approach a bit. Mm. With Phoebe, my open-ended question was, Hey, honey, I noticed you were really quiet on the drive home from practice. Can you help me understand what happened? She replied with, Well, Mrs. Lee put me at the front of the line for our cinnamon roll move. Ah, the old cinnamon roll. (laughs) (laughs) But Jacob wouldn't follow my directions, and he told his friends not to listen to me. Mm. And they all just started goofing off. Yeah, that really sounds like Phoebe. She's much more (laughs) forthright with her sharing, and she loves to go into details. Exactly. A fact-finding mission with Phoebe is often easier than with Jacob. (laughs) (laughs) It's important to take that into account as you emotion coach each of the kids in your family. Mm -hmm. They're all wired differently, and you're going to want to consider how to best approach each one and be willing to kind of offer a little more time and patience to those who really need it. Okay, so how did you respond to Phoebe? I reflected back with validation. So I said, Jacob wouldn't follow your instructions and told his friends not to listen to you. I can understand how you might have gotten frustrated when people started goofing off. And then she said, yes. Mm. (laughs) And of course, I said, tell me more about that, honey. Mm. 
She went on to share how no matter what direction she gave to the team or how she tried to get the cinnamon roll to work out, (laughs) it all fell apart because of Jacob's bad attitude. Yeah. So with Phoebe, I imagine you didn't have to go into too much rinsing and repeating with this whole reflective listening validation, you know, ask me more kind of process Mm -hmm. like you probably needed to do with Jacob. Is that right? That's right. She's more of an open book. And Mm. so it doesn't take much to get all that information (laughs) that I needed around what actually happened from Mm. her perspective. Right. So step three is all about going on a fact finding mission with your child by listening empathetically and then just simply validating the child's feelings. Mm -hmm. And in this particular example, honey, you were careful not to take sides with the kids. I'm hoping that's right. Right. (laughs) I stayed neutral Mm. as I did this step with each child, which is really important with step relationships, of course. Right. And I just want to mention an easy wrong turn for some parents to make here is projecting emotions onto a child. Mm. We know one mom who did this with her son. As soon as she noticed that her son was struggling, she'd say something like, Oh, honey, I'm sure you're so sad that you have to leave and miss out on what we're doing to go to your dad's house. Mm. Or you're probably upset because your dad left you with grandma and you didn't get to do anything fun with him. Mm. This is not helpful for kids and it can stir up loyalty binds between their two homes. Absolutely. And that principle is even true when it has nothing to do with kids moving between two homes or, you know, things like that. It's true when a parent says something like, oh, I'm sure you're really stressed out about your upcoming exam. Or that must have been really embarrassing when you dropped that fly ball in center field. Right. right? The goal of step three is to discover what's going on inside our child's emotional world not project our assumption onto them. Mm. When we do that, it can be really confusing for a child. Suddenly they're wondering, oh no, should I be sad or upset or stressed or embarrassed? Like, am I supposed to feel that way? When maybe that's not even what's actually going on inside them. And now you've unintentionally added to their emotional burden by asking that question. Instead, what we want to do is focus on asking those open-ended questions. It seems like you're feeling upset today. Is that right? Notice that upset is just a really general term. Mm -hmm. We're going to allow them to fill in the blanks. And if your child does have a complaint about their other parent or their other home, Be very careful in how you handle Mm, this. Good side note. Good side note. (laughs) One time Annika shared with me that she was feeling sad and frustrated because her dad had made some promises to her and didn't follow through. Again, resist the urge to project your own feelings or opinions onto your child because that will not be helpful for them. Yeah. So what did you say to Annika? Well, What I was tempted to say was, (laughs) oh, that's always been something your dad does. He's always making promises and he never follows through. He's done that to me for years. So you wanted to capitalize on that moment, huh? Yes, but I didn't. (laughs) I was careful. Instead, I did some reflective listening and validated Annika's feelings. Mm. So I said something like, what I heard, honey, is that your dad has made some promises to you that he hasn't followed through with. I can understand why you're feeling sad and frustrated about that. Oh, good. So you didn't make it about you. You kept focused on her. Right. Uh, You were able to help her work through her emotions. And the five steps process really probably helped you in that moment. Exactly. 
So just be mindful that if that kind of thing comes up with kids that move between homes, Mm. and you know what, it applies to complaints you might hear about the step parent in the other home too. That's right. It's just not helpful to throw fuel on the fire or add drama to the situation. Right. Simply focus on your child's emotions and then later process through your own emotions with a trusted adult if you Mm. need to. That's the appropriate place. Absolutely. So step three is the key to helping kids feel heard and known. They'll open up when they feel safe and they'll feel safe when they know that you're available and that you really get them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so step one, be aware of your child's emotion. That's all about us, our awareness. Step two is also about us. It's recognizing that emotion as an opportunity for intimacy and teaching, right? We, so we shared those in yesterday's episode. And today we covered step three, listening empathetically and validating the child's feelings. Mm-hmm. Step three is a game changer for kids. When we can learn to do this step well, our kids will know that they aren't alone in their struggle. Hey, we want to commend you for sticking with us so Mm -hmm. far, and we encourage you to keep going. That's right. You can become an emotion coaching parent, and this will positively impact your kids now and in their future. Mm -hmm. So tomorrow, we're going to move into step four. But today, we encourage you to look for an opportunity with your kids to just practice listening empathetically and validating them. Mm -hmm. But that's it for today. Until tomorrow. 